0: week series i did the math 72 week series in the book book of daniel which might not be bad right it'd be okay thank you jackie but at the same time too it'd be nice to make sure that we can read other scriptures as well needless to say though we are in chapter two and today we're going to be covering verses 17 to 23 i had promised that we would be covering some of those verses last week Um, But out of the 10 or 11 pages that I had prepared last week, we made it into five of them. So today we're going to be finishing up some of what we had intended for last week. And I'm really glad that we did that because I think this section divides really well from what we talked about last week. So again, open up to Daniel chapter 2 in your Bibles. You know, as as I was thinking of this section of scripture, I was trying to think of some stories worth sharing and one came to mind in history and it comes from the period of 1930s in France. If you didn't know, as tensions were arising between France and Germany and a post-World War I, France decided to build its own wall. It was really going to be a defensive line that France was going to put up to keep the German soldiers out. In fear of what happened from World War I, France wanted to protect itself against Germany. So it built a line, or what's called the Maginot Line, and some of you might know this from history, in the region of France bordering the countries. Now, this interesting line to try to keep Germany out is shown right here because that was the line in which the German soldiers had crossed into France in World War I. So they pumped so much money and resources into this line. In fact, it was around 3 billion francs in order to keep Germany away in the threat of another world war. And of course, as we know, another world war did happen. And you know how the Germans dealt with this menage line? Well, they just simply went around it. <laughs> and that was their solution, was to just go around the line and enter into the forest. And as, we, as history would tell us, uh, France was invaded by Germany and eventually taken over. Now, I share this story because I think it's an interesting story. One, because oftentimes in life, when we are trying to handle adversity, what do we do? We build our own walls. We create these borders in our lives in order to keep people out or keep situations out. But oftentimes what ends up happening? Life has a way of going around it, right? And hitting us oftentimes where it hurts. And I think this is really visually telling for the struggles that we go through. Church, I have to be honest with you guys. There is a real enemy out there that really wants to do damage in your life. There's a real devil out there that wants to bring you down and wants to be able to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. And today, when we look at Scripture, we're going to be looking at how do we handle the challenges that are in front of us. Make no mistake, I'm sure every single one of you came today thinking about a challenge that you might be having going on in your life. Maybe that challenge is related to a personal struggle that you're going through, a health problem, a work struggle, a relationship struggle. Whatever it is, we are all faced with various challenges at various times. And as hard as we might try to be able to build our defenses in order to not allow these challenges to come in and invade us, We still wrestle with those challenges, do we not? So let's look at Scripture today. Let's look at Daniel chapter 2 and read from God's Word. So if you remember last week, what happened last week? Well, Daniel was given the news that him and his friends and all the other wise men within the nation of Babylon were going to be killed that because they could not interpret the dreams that Nebuchadnezzar had, that they were going to be sentenced to death. And responding to that moment, what does Daniel do? He pleads for his life and he speaks with tact and tastefulness and allows himself to to gain some more time in order to handle this situation. So this is where we pick off in verse 17. Daniel has just bought himself a little bit more time with the king. And in verse 17, it says this. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men Of Babylon now I need to ask you guys what state of mind do you think Daniel was actually in you see I think so often when we read scripture sadly we read it in a way where we think that all of these characters in scripture did not have the same emotional struggles that we have I'll tell you this much For my own life, if I were to be facing a fraction of what Daniel was facing, I would probably buckle under its pressure. In fact, I think I have had more of a breakdown over a flat tire, let alone a kingdom wanting my blood, right? Am I in good company here? And we have a way, do we not, of really, really wrestling with the problems that we face. And Daniel would have been wrestling with those same problems as well. Make no mistake, church, Daniel would have been feeling the pressure of this entire situation on his life. And I think that Daniel not only would have been feeling the weight of pressure for his own life, but from what we can see from Daniel, he was a good man. He probably would have been feeling the pressure that if I don't show up right now, not only am I going to experience consequences, but who else is going to experience consequences? My friends and all of these other people that I've been doing life with. And isn't that oftentimes the burdens that we face? Especially if you're a parent, you know this well. That you feel like, right, when challenges come, that if you don't show up well, well that's not going to just go well for you but it's going to cause hardship for other people. This was a critical moment for Daniel's life. How he responded to this matters. And it really is an illustration of how we are to behave when we are in times of pressure. Is it not? Last week, we talked about the importance of embracing the challenge. Why was that important for us? Well, because I think oftentimes we build the walls to make sure that the challenges don't come in. Or we try to avoid the challenge. Or we distract ourselves from being able to engage in the challenge. And we do all of these things to do what? To try to mitigate the amount of struggles and problems that we face within our lives in order to prevent struggle from happening. Christian, church, I have some news for you, how unfortunate, it may come out a little bit unfortunate for some of you, but you cannot do that. In fact, I will say that there is no wall that you can build big enough in your own life that will prevent the enemy from making an assault on you. That there is no line of defense that you can make large enough that can prevent the enemy from trying to bring you down. So the posture of our lives matters. And I believe that God is calling us to embrace the challenge. You know, one of the ways that I try to train my mind to embrace the challenge, I've just kind of been drawn to it. I know it's not every single person's cup of tea, and it doesn't have to be. But one of the things that I love to do is challenge myself with kinds of sports that require some form of my endurance, right? So running has been a huge part of my life. It isn't as much anymore. Um, But right now, one of the things that I like to do in order to challenge myself is go rock climbing. I mean, it's literally an illustration for life, right? There's a wall and you try to get up it. And I really enjoy doing that and I enjoy doing it with other people. And I was rock climbing a couple of weeks ago with a friend and we were rock climbing and we were on a certain part of the pitch on the rock where it was at the crux it was at the hardest points of the climb and what's really interesting is, is if you've ever gone rock climbing before or if you've ever done an endurance type of activity where it really required you to dig deep there's something that happens psychologically in that moment when you're at the crux of that 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 part of the wall there's something that happens to you mentally and it's your body and your mind begin to say, don't do it, stop, quit, give up. You can't do it. You need to let go. You need to let go. You need to let go. And it's interesting because that voice starts to go loud and loud when? When things get harder and harder and harder. And the reason, one of the reasons why I love challenging myself through this because I believe it trains my mind to understand how I handle adversity. Because you see, we have a tendency when things are very difficult to do what? To hear that voice, give up, stop, don't do it, don't do it, let go. And to do what? Those very things to give up, stop, and let go. But one of the things that I've learned in my life through these activities is that it's really easy in the moment to give up and to let go, but it's very difficult to live with that afterwards. Is it not? And oftentimes I would say that it's very difficult in the moment to do what? to fight past those feelings, to ignore those voices, but it's what? Very easy to live with yourself afterwards. Church, I wonder how we handle challenges. Or maybe better said, the question is, how do you handle your challenges? What happens to you when you start to hear those voices that say to you, give up? You see, I think Daniel could have panicked in this moment. And maybe he did and we just don't know it. But we know that he most likely heard some doubts in his life, right? I mean, if we are thinking people, he heard some doubts in his life. And maybe some of those doubts sounded like God has abandoned you. God has abandoned your people. God does not care about you. God does not love you. If he loved you, why would you be in this situation right now? If he cares about you, why would he allow your nation to struggle? Why would he allow for your fortifications to buckle? And for you to be taken away as a slave in another land. Is this really God's love for you? Of course it isn't. This is God's punishment on your life. And now you deserve to die. This is all a part of God's plan for you. I think that could have been some of the voices that Daniel would have heard. Now I'm only speculating. But those are the voices I hear oftentimes when I'm facing my flat tires. (laughs) And I think that it very well could have been a huge struggle for him. But what do we see Daniel do in the midst of this moment? We see him trusting in God. You know, one of my favorite scriptures, in fact, I think it was the first scripture I committed to memory is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. I'm going to read the NIV version for you. It says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. You know, that's a pretty verse. It's one that, you know, if I were to have a tattoo, maybe I'd put it somewhere over here, right? (laughs) It's just a beautiful verse. It's a a great reminder of what it means to live the Christian life, that we need to trust in God. But I think one of the challenges with a verse like this is, is it looks pretty on a wall, but oftentimes in order to live that verse out, it doesn't always look so pretty, right? Church, I believe that God is calling us to not only embrace the challenge in life, but to be the kind of person... Church that can believe that God guides them. You see, one of the things that is very hard for us to come to terms with is that God is with us, that God is guiding us. Because we have a tendency to think that if something bad is happening in our lives, it's what? The byproduct of God's punishment in our lives, right? And don't get me wrong, there are times in life where we do knuckle-headed things, right? And we get to enjoy, I, I say that sarcastically, the fruits of our own mistakes. We can do things that can muck up our life and cause our own forms of despair. But we cannot think that every single hardship that we go through is a product of our own stupidity or a product of God's punishment because it's just not the case. Sometimes we struggle because God is calling us to something greater. I believe that. You see one of the things that I think happens oftentimes when you continue to push is you see that what you have on the other side of that challenge is better than where you were before it. And that's also another hard thing to realize. But I experience this all the time. That oftentimes when you push through, when you ignore that voice that's trying to bury you into the ground, that oftentimes what is on the other side of that is better than where you are right now. Because again, I believe that if you push through those things, it might be hard in the moment, but it's worthwhile to live it out. Church, one of the things that I think Daniel did right in this moment is he chose how to handle his problem. We talked last week that one of the ways that Daniel chose to handle this problem was to apply his wisdom to the situation. To use the mind that God has given him in order to handle that problem. That's a good thing. That's what we need to do. But then what does Daniel do next? We already read it from verse 17, 18, and 19. It says that Daniel returned home, spoke to his friends, and then urged them to plead for God's mercy concerning this situation that they were in. And right here we see the blueprint for how we need to handle our problems in life, church. You know, one of the hard, hardest realities that we need to face is that we need each other. That is a very un-American thing to say at times, that we need each other. You know, we admire those stories where people can pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. But oftentimes those stories fail to realize that we need love and support from a community. In order to handle Daniel's problem, what did he do? He applied wisdom, and then he went to God, and he went to his community. That's how he overcame this situation. He went to God, and he went to his community. And church, I wonder, when you're faced with your own problems, how are you handling your own perils in life? Another huge aspect to what I think Daniel demonstrates in this scriptures is that Daniel turned his challenge into an opportunity. Daniel turned his challenge into an opportunity. And I believe that that is something that God is calling all of us to do in our lives. What does it mean to turn your challenge into an opportunity? Well, it means to be able to look at the things that you are struggling with, with a different set of eyes. You see, the set of eyes that we can easily put on goes back to that thought. It goes back to that idea that God is not happy with me, that God does not love me, that God does not care about me. But the truth is, is that all those things are the lies that the enemy wants to sow into your heart. He wants you to believe those things. Why? Because when you accept that as truth, then what happens? You live defeated. That's his purpose. He wants you to live defeated. And when you embrace that wrong-sided voice, then what ends up happening to your life is you feel the withering, you feel the death, you feel the despair. But God does not want us to live with that kind of mindset in our head and in our hearts but rather he wants us to live with a mindset that can view the challenges as opportunities to go to him, to opportunities to trust him, to do more than what is happening in our lives, to believe that if we trust in God, he will guide our paths. Church, we need to view the challenges we face, in Adam, that's the big idea, (laughs) as opportunities. What are the opportunities that you're not seeing within your life right now? Could it be that you're faced with an opportunity right now that you have not considered where you can make a choice? You can be honest about something or you can be dishonest about something. And through being honest, you have this opportunity to show your friends, your family, your co-workers, whomever it might be that is watching you what honesty means despite consequences. Are you facing a challenge right now that is causing you to doubt God's goodness? Well, maybe this is a really good opportunity to go to God. And present your challenge to him. And say, Lord, I'm believing in you to see me through this situation. And I'm believing that you're going to grow my faith in this situation. I'm believing that you're going to change my outcome. Not necessarily how things work out in the physical, but how things work out in the spiritual. I think these are things that we need to commit ourselves to and believe that God can take us through. You know one of the things that I've been talking to my son about is he's been asking about trees and how they get so big and how they can stay upright when they're that big. And I'm not like a botanist, I don't really know a lot about trees and I'm sure maybe I, I'd say I probably give say things that are maybe not entirely true. but on a basic level what happens? As a tree gets larger, it learns to dig its roots deeper into the ground, does it not? And oftentimes those root systems get thicker and thicker and it anchors itself deeper and deeper into the ground. And one of the worst things that you can do for any plant is for it to have shallow water. For it to be watered so much that it doesn't need to dig deeper into the ground. Why? Because when hardships come, what happens to those kinds of plants? Well, they can be easily knocked over. They can be blown over. Or if it goes through a season of drought, then what happens to them? They dry up because their root system isn't deep enough to draw the water that it needs. Only challenges, only harsh environments, only struggles in life grow us. This is why we need to view the challenges we go through as an opportunity at the very least for our faith to grow. For us to learn what perseverance is. You know, one way that I try to get through my own struggles is I try to remind myself that when I suffer or when I go through a challenge, I get to better understand what Christ went through. Only in part. But I do get to better understand that. Why? Because there is no person who has ever suffered the weight of this world like Jesus Christ has. And when we suffer, guess what? It can even be an opportunity for us to be thankful for Christ's suffering. Because we can relate to it now. Even better. Let's keep reading in Scripture so, Daniel does what? He uses wisdom, he goes to his friends, and through his community, he prays to God. Verse 19. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Now, I'll stop right there and we'll keep reading in a second. We do not know, visions usually come one of two different ways in Scripture. Usually a vision will happen while somebody is sleeping. They'll have a vision as they're dreaming, or a vision will happen when somebody's awake. So we know an example of that for instance is one of Peter's vision in the book of Acts when God is telling him that the gospel is for the Gentiles too. That is an example of he's awake and he receives a vision from God. Here, Bible scholars are not certain if he was awake Or if he was asleep. So this is your pastor's guess on this. I think he was awake. Why? Because would you be sleeping. On the night of your execution. Probably not. Okay. So uh, you know. I think he was awake. And I think that he was praying. And praying and praying. As many of us would do. If our lives were on the line. And praying and praying and praying. With his friends. Which is a reminder to do what? To persevere in prayer church. You know, one of the things that I think we can ask ourselves, because we do this all the time, is God obviously comes through for Daniel, right? He gives him, he reveals him the mystery of this dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. But it almost makes you wonder, well, why did God put Daniel through the whole entire trouble, right? If God was going to come through, why didn't he just give him the vision when he first started praying? Or why didn't he give Daniel the vision before any of this happened? Or why did all this need to even transpire? You can almost say it seems like this struggle is unnecessary and just a a way for Daniel to be more stressed out than he needs to be in life, right? Right? Don't we feel that way with God sometimes? God, why are you putting me through this? This feels really unnecessary, you know? And we think that, and we feel that, and we question that, and it's hard, and I get it. But make no mistake that this was an opportunity for Daniel's faith to be tested and for it to grow and for him to call upon the Lord and see that God is faithful to him. Church, this was an opportunity for Daniel as much as it was a challenge and a struggle in his life. I wonder What would happen in your situations if you committed yourself to prayer at the face of a challenge? I wonder what outcomes would come from that. And let me be clear. I'm not just trying to say that you can pray away all your struggles. That is not true. Okay, We all will die of something until Christ comes. We all will experience the pains of a fallen world until Christ comes but that doesn't mean that we have to struggle in despair until Christ comes no we get to live through the power of the Holy Spirit right now as resurrected people amen and we get to experience the power of Jesus in our lives right now So we see in Daniel right now that he was praying and praying and praying. And then what happened? God reveals to Daniel a vision. And then how does Daniel respond to this? This is so important. Let's keep reading in scripture. Verse 19, section B says this. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we ask of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. Daniel turned his challenge into an opportunity. And then what did he do from there? He turned his challenge in an opportunity to praise God. I love the book of Psalms, and I love reading different psalms in the book of Psalms, but this is perhaps one of the best examples of a psalm of praise in all of Scripture. Why? Because it came at the crux of fear, at the crux of of doubt at the crux of a real-life problem of despair, and how did Daniel respond to God's faithfulness in his life? He praised him. And here we see a very clear example of how we need to respond to our own problems in life, that we need to go to God, go to our community, and then we need to praise him for his faithfulness because God is faithful church. God is worthy of our praise. What is praise, church? You know, oftentimes we'll say, well, we're going to sing a couple praise songs and then we're going to sing a worship song, right? If you're in the worship team, that's a normal thing, right? And most people would say, well, praise is just kind of like an upbeat song, right? And yeah, there's a little bit of truth to that. But really what praise is, at least In short, what praise is, is giving honor where honor is due. I'll say that again. Praise is giving honor where honor is due. It's recognizing someone for their qualities. So we can, in fact, praise other people, right? We can praise, and we should, in some ways, praise other people. Especially if you're a parent Look for ways to praise your children. Or if you have employees that you oversee, your co-workers, or people that co-labor with you, look for opportunities to give honor where honor is due. But here's the thing, church. When we sing our praise songs, we're not just singing happy fake songs. We're giving honor to God because he is deserving of it. So when you read those lyrics on the screen or in your hymnals, Think about those words as true words, true adoration, true praise for a God who is good. So when you think now of Daniel's words, when he says, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the deserving. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness Darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we ask of you. You have made known to us the dreams of the king. He does it in in the belief that he needs to give honor to God for showing up in his life church and I wonder how are you honoring God are you just singing through the songs because they're a catchy tune or are you honoring God with your lips because those words are your words and you believe that he is worthy to be praised and I believe that to be true church God is worthy of our praise and he will help us us in our times of need if we allow our challenges in life to be opportunities to go to him church not to despair not to lose hope but to go to him notice the words that daniel uses to praise god god is wise God is powerful. God is responsible for the seasons of life. God is over all the rulers. God gives wisdom and knowledge. God is the revealer. God is the rescuer. God is the God of my ancestors. What are the challenges you're facing right now, church? What are the struggles you're facing? right now and how is God calling you to see this as an opportunity to go to him go to your church family and then praise him I'll share a couple that I have one is a personal one for me a personal challenge is I want to be able to be a father before I'm a pastor. I want to be a Christian before I'm any one of those things. And I don't want to make a mistake on the order of how those things fall in my life. You might be asking yourself, well, why does that matter? Well, because I believe that if I cannot love my God first, then I cannot love my wife well. And then I cannot love my children well. And if I cannot do those things, then why am I deserving to be your pastor? Because my household matters. How I lead those that God has entrusted me with, the most precious of people to me, if I can't minister to them well, then who am I to try to minister to you well? That's a challenge I face. It's one that I feel fear in. Everybody knows about PK syndrome. Some of you are a product of PK syndrome, right? Pastor's kid syndrome. <laughs> I know some, there's, there's a few pastor kids in the church. Actually, we got a, quite a bit now that I'm looking around. Yeah, <laughs> Melita's like, I'm a pastor kid. <laughs> That's a, or a challenge. Here's another challenge that I have. I want this church to last generations. I want to be an old man showing up for the 75th anniversary of Peace Mennonite Community Church being like, I was a pastor here once. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when we put that up right there. (laughs) (laughs) I want that to be a part of my story, church. Now that second one can only happen if you embrace that challenge with me. Or better said, if you embrace that opportunity with me. What are the challenges you have going on in your life? Let's think about that as we sing the next song, okay? And I want you to practice giving that challenge to God and asking God to help you see the opportunity, okay? So I want to invite the worship team up, and they're going to help us with this. And if your life is looking really beautiful right now and you don't have any challenges you think of, I want you to pray for our church. So I did the math. I'll be 72 at the 75th anniversary of our church, okay? <laughs> so we got to make this happen, right? Church, I pray and hope that this worship song, that it was helpful for you. That You you took me seriously and you thought about that challenge that, that I believe the Lord is going to turn into an opportunity. And I just want to leave you with that application, and we'll put it on the screen again for you. If you're facing a struggle this week, practice going to God. Practice using wisdom and going to your community here in the church. Then identify one opportunity that can come from this challenge you face. Maybe it's an opportunity to repay good for evil. Maybe it's an opportunity to be honest regardless of the consequences. Maybe it's an opportunity to motivate yourself to do something you did not think you were capable of. I have a lot of things that I think you guys are capable of that you might not think you're capable of, but we have a plan for you. (laughs) Church, I love you guys, and I hope you receive this word well. And if you are holding on to a struggle that you want to seek and practice going to your community with at the end of this service then we invite you, we turn off the stream at that time, you're not on any live recording, we invite you to come up and receive some prayer and to talk about that. That's why we're here. All right, we love you, and until we see you next week, may each of you go in peace.